and my keys. I don't like things clanging in my pocket when I'm walking around, but it's good to be here tonight and to be with you. Thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you so much uh, for you leading us in worship tonight. Uh, thank you for the praise team, our praise band. Uh, it was a joy to to sit and participate in worship out here with you and sing songs uh, and to hear uh, from your perspective uh, uh, what it sounds like. And, and we've got some good singers, and I promise you this, I promise you this, I will not come to you and say, hey, will you come join the choir, okay? Uh, but I will ask that you will pray about uh, singing for the Lord in some way, using your gifts. If that's in a choir form or it's in a, uh, uh, on the praise team, uh, if you have some gifts that you would like to uh, bring into the Lord and celebrate Him through that, please come see me. Again, it is great to be here tonight and to stand here in front of you. Um, I, I had the opportunity to have uh, lunch with Pastor Cox last week, and as I was getting ready for this, and I just thought about the weight of, of bringing a message, um, it is good news, and I, and I know that. And, and with that, it, it should be easy to say, but I'll be the first to tell you, this isn't my comfort zone, okay? Now you give me a microphone and to sing songs that are on the screen or sing songs, special music. Pastor, it is totally different, and I am, I'm fine with that, but I'm still nervous. But this is new for me, and, I'm, and I have shared and have preached for our pastor in the places I've served throughout the years. Uh, but again, I love the opportunity to be able to express what God's doing in my life through His, through His Word and uh, hopefully tonight that everything that God has laid on my heart in preparation, that I'll be able to eloquently present it to you in a way that you take with you and go, okay, I got that. Or I hope it's not a moment that you say, what was he talking about? And I hope it's not something that you go back to Pastor Rands and say, don't ever let that guy do this again. But, you know, the thing is, we are all on that wheel. Amen? We're just that miry clay. And as I had an opportunity to share with, with the, the, the one o'clock service today, and I was kind of concluding, but we are all on that miry clay, that wheel. And our Creator, our Heavenly Father, is constantly spinning it and molding it and shaping it and making it to what He wants. And the great thing is every time that He feels an imperfection, He just pulls that out. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have a lot of imperfect things, and I'm still uh, on that wheel, and I praise God for that, but also I hope that He never starts spinning me in a way and refining me and pulling those imperfections out, because we are all a work. And God's not done with us, amen? So again, it's a privilege to be here tonight, uh, to be with you. It was great to be in the front and participating with in worship. But before we start, I'd like to pray, and I would like to talk just a little bit about the hurricane in Panama City. I had an opportunity to talk to a, a dear friend of mine that works for the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, he is on the disaster relief team right now in, in that area. And I was asking him just some task, tax questions, you know, uh, for church and things like that and forms. Um, 
And I asked him how he was doing, and he goes, Matt, will you just pray for the people here in Florida? There's people, and sometimes we don't really think about this, but there's people that are not able to get a paycheck because they're unable to do their jobs. And I was like, wow. I just thought after the storm, everything just continues to go on. You know, there's damage in homes. Uh, my father, who passed away in, in uh, 2014 uh, at 75, um, he left my sister and myself and my brother a sailboat. And so we've been maintaining this boat, and it's in Panama City. So, of course, before the storm, I had asked our um, Every Man a Warrior team just to pray about, you know, that God will protect that. Well, anyhow, it did wash up on the shore. It was amongst other boats and things like that. So we've got to go through that. But I didn't think anything else about, okay, that's something that's replaceable, no problem, no big deal. But I didn't think about the impact of those that are going through not able to work, not able to report for uh, their their job, not able to get an income. And and there's so many people that are devastated because it was, it was pretty, pretty devastating in that area. So I just want to lift them up, but also to spend a little time just praying for our pastor as he is in Israel with a team of people there. Um, and I can tell you firsthand, uh, my wife and I were there in, in, in late 2014, and uh, our lives has never been the same. It was uh, all inspiring, but also to be able to sit and meditate in areas that Jesus himself sat, looked at the visions that he would have seen, uh, floated in, in the Sea of Galilee uh, in just a stillness, and, uh, and I also floated in the Dead Sea, so we can't sink there. But I want to lift up the pastor and those teams of folks that are there as it will be just a time for them to, to take in. Uh, and, and make wonderful, wonderful memories. Um, I love technology. Um, I've put everything on my pad, so I hope it doesn't offend you that I don't have my Bible with it. The Bible is here. Uh, I have put everything on here. I'm going to try to stay on track with everything that I want to, to, to talk to you tonight about. So uh, bear with me, but let's go Lord in prayer. Lord, our Father, we love you. We, we thank you for... Lord, this day, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to, to stand here amongst your people. Lord, I thank you for our pastor, uh, Lord, his vision for the church. And I thank you for each and every one of the staff members, uh, their friendships, the relationships that we share with each other, the times that we pray together. But I'm, I'm thankful for a pastor that has experienced something new, seeing something that, uh, that you've created in a way that uh, is just pure beauty, uh, the humbling fact of being the places where you've walked, the places that you've healed. And Lord, I, just, uh, I ask that uh, your head, hedge of protection be placed around this group of believers as they are seeing things for the first time. Give them safety, Lord, give them traveling mercies, uh, give them assuredness of foot as they walk through some train that is somewhat uh, uneven, and I just pray that, uh, that everybody will come back excited and on fire, and Lord, just have more of appreciation, uh, Lord, for you. And Lord, I think about those uh, 
families that have been affected by the storm in Panama City, Florida, and, I, and, and, and that area of the Gulf Coast. And, and uh, Lord, I think about those that are unable to work and provide for family. And I know, I know there will probably be some support, but sometimes waiting for that is tough. But Lord, I, I pray that you just give those that are affected what they need in any form. And for those that are going, Lord, through the Baptist Convention and other Baptist churches and other disaster relief teams that are going to assist and to aid, uh, Lord, I just pray that you keep them safe and healthy as well as they go and just love on the people. Lord, that you may be glorified in all things. And Lord, tonight as I even share, Lord, uh, thank you for the opportunity, but allow me just to be used for your glory. Lord, we love you, and Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let me get to the topic of my my thought process this week. And another thing, Pastor Chris, he and I, as we talked, and 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 I've shared this with uh, Dick as well. You know, uh, I've already mentioned this is not my comfort level. Okay. And you're saying, well, Matt, you're, you're doing okay now, okay? But honestly, it is not. I am, I am shaking inside. But I talked to Pastor Chris, and I said this to Dick as well later, but I said, you know, I can't be a Pastor Rands. I, I can't be a Chris Cox. I can't be a Nate Click. And I, and I can't be a Paul Taylor. I can't be a Dick... Discipline. I can't be a Steve Gagne. I can't, I, I can't be those, but all he's doing is telling me what Jesus is telling me is just, Matt, be yourself. And I thought about that. I said, you know, that's exactly what I'm going to do from this day forward. I'm just going to be myself. And, you know, and there was times, you know, because I'm new here and and I understand that I'm under a microscope at times and I'm, I'm being watched like a hawk. You know, see what I'm going to do, how I'm going to act, how I do this, what, and how he does this. You know, I understand that. But what was so refreshing to me and gave me the peace of God when I heard him say, just be you. And it's like my whole ministry just flopped upside down in a good way. Because that's what God desires of each and every one of us. Amen? Scott, how you doing down there? I'm gonna pick on you. So if I, I've already asked Dick this, okay, guys, I've already asked Dick, Dick this. I said I'm looking you for comfort and security. So if everything's going good, you just smile, okay? So you got my backside, and Scott, you got my front up here, okay? So if I'm doing okay, you just smile, okay? And and if I don't do good, just keep smiling, okay? So. Back to what I want to talk to you about. And as I prepared and as I was thinking through when Pastor had given us the, the time, hey, Matt, I'd like for you to, to speak on these days, you know, automatically my mind starts thinking of Scripture, some text, what am I going to say, what am I going to share. And I first had something that I, I had that I was, I was preparing, and then all of a sudden it just changed. It changed because everything else it may change, but so I, I began thinking about this. Looks aren't everything. Do we all agree? Looks, looks are not everything. 
And, and I take the analogy in this. Our clothes that we wear sometimes just makes us really feel good, doesn't it? Sometimes our clothes that we wear make us look like somebody that we're really not. Am I correct? Sometimes our clothes just that we wear just, just gives that outward appearance that we got it all together. Sometimes the clothes we wear def- somewhat defines, you know, how well off we are. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a Goodwill shopper. I know the Hudsons. Are they here? Did they leave? What? I ran off the first group of people. Anyhow, they can testify. I love Goodwill. Back in Florida, I was a Goodwill shopper. And I'll say this, every clo- all the clothes that you see me wearing on the platform on Sunday has come from Goodwill. But they caught on to me because I was buying all the nice heart shafter marks and all the Ralph Lorenz and all the stuff for $5 and $10. So I was looking pretty good. But in the day, the clothes that I'm wearing here, I'll share with you, uh, I got from Delta. Delta Airlines. When I came here for the interview and to meet the staff and all those other things, Delta lost my luggage. So I'm standing here in new Delta clothes that they bought and paid for, and this is the first time that I've gotten to wear it. So talking about clothes as I'm getting ready for today, because sometimes clothes define us. You know, I go in my closet, and all my clothes on my hanging rack are just on the floor. So patiently put them all back together and everything like that. And my wife ironed my clothes all over again. But, you know, isn't it amazing that clothes sometimes defines us? But the greatest thing is, it's not, it's not what we have on the outside that really matters. It's what's on the inside. That counts. How many, how many of you like to go to shopping malls? You know, I'm a Goodwill shopper, but don't we find that when we go shopping with our wives or our loved ones, that we always go sit out on the bench and then we're watching people pass by and we're wondering, what do they do? Or, like an old dad like me, I can't believe mama let her wear that, or daddy, or whatever. But I had an opportunity as I first got here. Uh, one of my uh, first um, projects was, I would not say project, but I had an opportunity to oversee or teach uh, the, the, um, the parenting class. Uh, and that just consisted of being there, officiating and stopping and pausing, asking questions, wrapping things up. But uh, as we talk about clothes defining us and looks and things like that, well, in walks Scott Holmes, and everybody knows Scott. He's on our praise team on uh, Sunday night. He's, he's the gentleman that takes care of our facilities here at Monclova and does a wonderful job. Servant heart, and love him dearly. Well, he, he came in Wednesday night looking like a PGA Tour professional. He had it from top to bottom. And... And I said to myself, I said, you know what? I said, man, he looks like a pro. I said, I've got to go play golf with him because I love playing golf. But I found out when I played with him, yeah, he was not the PGA pro. <laughs> Again, clothes give that, that, that cast of, hey, he's got it all together. Man, he's a player. He can do it. 
And there was another time, and I promise I'll get to the, to the text of this. There was another time a church member in Jacksonville invited me to the Florida-Georgia game. And guess what? It is going on this weekend. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big sports fan. If I'm going to root for a team, it's going, going to be Alabama. And it'll be Michigan while I'm here, but Alabama back in SEC. So he invited me to go. And because he's a Georgia fan, I, I said, well, you know what? I need to respect him being a Georgia fan, so I'm going to wear red. I don't have a football logo, no G. I've always said the G stands for God anyways. But I don't have the, the paraphernalia or the, the things that you wear at a college game. So I just wore a red shirt to kind of blend in. But it's amazing how people identify that with belonging to something. I'm wearing red. We go to all the pomp and circumstances. We go to the tailgate thing. And then we, then we go up into the stadium, the grandstand, the big arena, the Roman Coliseum, you know, getting ready for the big show. And I'm greeted by all these people with red shirts, high-fiving, hugging me, all this stuff. Man, yeah, let's go get them. And they didn't really know, nor did they ask, who you root for. They just assumed I was for Georgia. But I wouldn't tell them I was for Alabama because then I may not have been able to sit in that section. But again, the association with clothes uh, and that sense of belonging, because everybody, everybody wants to belong to something. But those Georgia fans, they are sold out. Man, they, they wear the garb, they bleed, they bleed the color, they, they, they get excited and they get sad. They whine and they get happy. They cheer and they just sometimes are crazy. So that's my depiction of a sold-out Georgia fan. So the real sport fan, they, they bleed. They bleed it. They dress the part. They always love to talk about it. But if we're dressing the part, are we acting the part? Much like the Georgia fan. Are we sold out? We all get dressed pretty much the same way, right? Right? We all get dressed pretty much the same way. One leg at a time. But before we put on our physical clothes... We must put on our spiritual clothes. We must put on the full armor of God. And what is this? This is equipping every day. And one thing I can say in, in Every Man of War, and uh, we, we, we share in openly in discussion, um, I'll take this phrase from, from, from Steve, um, shared the phrase, just do it, the Nike thing. And his if I may, Steve, it's when you said that, it's just something we have to do daily. We just have to just do it. You have to get up and to pull on the full armor of God. That's getting into His Word, studying, uh, learning, and developing. So as Christians, we must, we must just do it. We must dress in the full armor of God. In Ephesians 6.10, 
through 18 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the vows of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against power, against the ruler of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil days. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loin gourd about you with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all power and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with the perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul is saying here, it's not only given the counsel to the church, but the whole body needs to be armed. That the whole body needs to be armed. As we battle against the powers of darkness of this world, we must fight in the strength of the church, whose power comes from the Holy Spirit. Although we are assured victory, amen, as a promise, we are assured victory, we must engage in the struggle until Christ returns because Satan is constantly battling all who are on the Lord's side. So the armor of God, what does that consist of? As I've just read, it's the belt of truth. It's integrity. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's keeping yourself pure. It's the gospel of peace being ready. It's the shield of faith. It's trusting in God. It's the helmet of salvation. It's the assurance of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Another attribute as a, of a sold-out Christian is that they exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And Ephesians 4, 1 through 7 says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called, with all the lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, and enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all, that's almost like a southern thing, isn't it? And in you all, but until, but unto every one 
of us is given, grace according to the measures of the gift of Christ. Amen? And again, in Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness of truth. And here, the fruit of the Spirit is, is a spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit in us. Can we agree? The Spirit produces these characters that are found in the nature of Christ. If we want the fruit of the Spirit, we must love. We must love Him, remember Him, honor Him, and worship Him. Love, yeah, that's, that's the greatest commandment, one of the greatest commandments, the first. What's it say in Matthew 22, 36, and 38? When asked, when Jesus was asked, which do you say is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus himself replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You know, church, if we just did those, those things, and the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. So if we just did those two things, repeated those things, Everything else would just fall in line, wouldn't it? Love. And there's joy. We all like to be happy. But to have joy, we must love. I can't have joy and say, man, I just can't do this no more. I mean, that's not joy. But if I have joy in the Lord, everything derives from love. The peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness the goodness, the faith, the meekness, and temperance. Another point I like to bring out is uh, then there are those that dress the part. They look like ideal Christians. These are, they, these are the ones that I'm referring to. They, they, they are saved, but they're struggling. I think we all can probably have a testimony of that. Amen? We all face struggles. They look fine on the outside, and, but inside they're not. And they're trying, to, they're trying to handle things on their own. I'm guilty. Don't you find when we try to handle things on our own, we just run out of gas? We get tired. We get exhausted. You know, when preparing for this message, my mind kind of went to a song uh, entitled Sometimes I Cry uh, by Jason Crabb. And um, I was just listening to the words of that song, and and I'm going to read it here to you in a moment. Kind of talks a little bit about some of the things that I've covered. But it says this in the first verse, it says, I look the part, I blend in with the rest of the church crowd. I know their routine, like a list of the Bible studies in town. I watch Christian TV, I know all the preachers and their cliches. I've been born again, but without a doubt, I know I'm saved. And the chorus says, but sometimes I cry. 
Sometimes I hurt. Sometimes I just can't get it right, no matter how hard I seem to try. Sometimes I fall down and stumble over my own disguise. I try to look strong as the whole world looks on, but sometimes I cry. And the second verse is this. I try to look strong as the whole world looks on, but sometimes alone I cry. I try to speak faith, never giving the devil one inch to get in. I do worship and praise, let everybody know just where that I stand. And on the back of my ride, or outside my office, is a fish and a cross for the whole world to see. I know God is good. He's good all the time. Yes, there's no doubt for me. And it goes back to the chorus. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I hurt. Sometimes I just can't get it right, no matter how hard I seem to try. Sometimes I fall down and I stumble over my own disguise. I try to look strong as the whole world looks on, but sometimes alone I cry. You know, I came across this song, and I've heard it, you know, years ago. And as I was preparing, I said, I'll just go ahead and get that track, and I'll just sing it Wednesday night. But uh, I had no time to prepare that, and I did not want to sing it and uh, not do it any justice. But I love the message in that song, because I think sometimes that just identify with that. You know, I can't be all to everyone, but I could. My goal is to just be a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. So we've all gone through some sort of hardship, haven't we? If I've asked some to raise their hand, they could probably raise it in every one of these points. We've had medical issues, relationship problems. We have loss of loved ones, a financial. And then there's a spiritual issue. Some maybe even question their salvation. Some maybe even here are struggling with sin. And then there are those that are saved, but are still babes in Christ. In Corinthians 3, 1 says this, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. It, it, before I just read Paul's thoughts on this, and uh, I just remember uh, being a new Christian. And I just remember, and a lot of what to, every man a warrior uh, is about as well, and not only just in discipling, but uh, holding up the men, holding to the accountability. And I think about um, when I first got saved, uh, I remember... Um, meeting a man by the name of Randy Kaysen. Randy Kaysen poured his life into me. He, he mentored me. He loved me. 
He held me accountable. And as a new babe in Christ, a new creature in Christ, I needed that. Because I remember the pastor saying, you know, hey, once I gave my life to him and, and my wife and I were actually baptized together, uh, we were saved together in the pastor's office. We were later baptized together. And I sat there on that front pew or third pew back and as a new Christian, uh, Lord, what is it you have me to do? Well, see, I just didn't want to be a pew warmer in a Southern Baptist church. I wanted to get busy. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for Randy Cation and how, how he came in and mentored me and held me accountable and loved on me. And that was so important in my Christian walk. And, and I could see uh, Randy in a lot of things that I do today. Because of that mentorship, he taught me how to love taught me how to give. He, he taught me that it wasn't just about me, but it was about everyone else. So as babes in Christ, we need that example. We need that encouragement. And, and folks here at Monclova, you guys are such encouragers. But we need that. But Paul, is, Paul called the Corinthians infant in the Christian life because they were not yet spiritually healthy and mature. Our goal should be to let God's desire be our desires. Being controlled by our own desires will only stunt our spiritual growth. Then there are those that look the part, but has not or show any spiritual growth. Why? Because they are too busy doing worldly things and not spending time with God. They have no prayer life or Bible study. And I must confess, you know, as I mentioned already, the Mighty Man of Warrior uh, thing that, that I'm going through with a group of men, this is part of that accountability. We, we sign a pledge to be accountable, to finish the course that we've started. But it's hard, only for the fact because there's a lot of other things that come in and occupy your time. So I, I think about what's... Steve said, just do it. It's easy to say, but I, I just, it, it gave me a, a, a new look on an old saying. Just got to get up and just do it. Spend time with God. And then, the, unfortunately, there are church members that are lost. They're dressing the part. They look good on the outside. And these members and these, those that I'm speaking of, they, they, they could be faithful to the church. They could be teaching or even serving in other ways. 
For them, it's a head knowledge, not a heart knowledge. Even the Pharisees, even the Pharisees, they knew everything about the Word of God, but but they did not they did not accept Christ. They had they had no relationship. They believed that religion was all they needed. And they believed that they were saved. In Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 16 says this, You will know them by their fruits. You know, I, I think about uh, fruit trees and fruit. Um, I had an opportunity uh, to go over and, and have uh, dinner with Chris and, and, and Gary Long. Some of our newest members, uh, we they had us over, Terry and I, and Gary's been kind of working behind the house. Uh, there's a, uh, a, I guess maybe a, I want to say a pile of dirt, but it, the pile of dirt is fashioned a way of landscaping, and it helps block the sound, I'm sure, from the highway. But back there, just before the cornfield, there's these apple trees. And... Uh, I know Gary, when he went back there and we talked about this, he was cleaning out that because that's part of his extended yard. And I could just see the excitement in Gary's face when he says, let me show you my apple trees. And on that apple tree, there were two apples. And I'm thinking to myself, because he cleaned this whole back space up to you know provide an extra space for his yard and and it's beautiful, and it's a place that you, it's just kind of quiet and, uh, you know, away from the house. And, and I'm thinking, man, I said, you know, he's watching over these apples, and he's looking into them, and he's, he's cleaned up the foundation around the apples. He's, he's given nutrients because he's piling up yard debris, which is grass clippings, which helps probably put nutrients back into the tree. So the tree, the tree is benefiting. Those apples are benefiting from what his labor has done. So he's caring for that. He's putting things into that. And so these apples are growing and they're getting bigger. Then I thought, I said, man, what, what happens if he's in Florida or if he's away somewhere and he goes back and to get his apples and they're gone? Because, you know, sometimes we want to have the fruits of our labor, right? But also too, again, what we put in is what we get out. And I think as, as Christians, you'll know them by their fruits. Can you imagine if, 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 if they went back there and he took a bite of that apple and it was just perfect and it tasted good? But as, as, a, as a Christian... If we're allowing all these things and all the things that we, we learn of God and the things that get poured into us by the encouragement or love or people that show that, if, we're, if we are not able to let that out, I would say shame on you. Because God has given us, us, each, a unique gift. You know, I, I said at the very beginning, I am, I am not a speaker. I'm not an eloquent speaker. And I'll tell you that, I love to sing, I love to lead worship, I'm okay doing that. But see, because God has given me opportunities, people are pouring into me, I've got to let that out. 
So this is a way of developing that as well. So if you're sitting on your fruits or the things that God has equipped you to do or have given you a talent, if you're sitting that and keeping that all to yourself, well, shame on you. But also, too, when you let others see your fruits, not just so others can see your fruits, but, but because it just comes naturally. My love for Nate, I hope that it shows. I hope that shows through our communication. Uh, my, my love for you as I lead worship, I hope that shows as I'm on the platform. And there's still things that I'm learning. There's still things that God has shown me. There's still things that I'm learning every day. But there are people looking to belong. This last illustration um, that I want to share with you, and, and coming from Florida... Um, Many of you know that my wife and I have, have motorcycles. If you don't, well, my wife and I have motorcycles. We enjoy doing that together. Matter of fact, if she didn't want one, I would have never got one. So we enjoy doing that. We enjoyed riding together. And, and as close as we were to Daytona uh, from our home, I never went down there without her. Because there was days that I, I was off and she was working. I could have got on the motorcycle and rode down there. But I said, Terry, I will never go down there without you. Because one, I've never been there. But two, if, if I was going to go down there for the first time, I wanted to be with her. So I heard the story of an evangelist that was out there in Daytona during the big bike week. And this evangelist was out there passing out tra- tracks, sharing the gospel. And he kept seeing people just walking by in just blue jeans and T-shirts. And then as those people walked in to a tent or a venue uh, where they sold merchandise, and then he saw these same people that looked like they needed somebody or had nobody, But when they walked into the tent and they came out, they had their Harley shirt on. What he saw was he saw people then that had nothing or no friends. Now he saw that they belonged to something. Because the way they interacted, the way they carried themselves, now they feel like they fit in to this mob of people. And again, sometimes clothes, it, it's an identifier. So there's people that are out there wanting to, de- to belong to something. So we need to do our part in reaching those that are looking for a place to belong. And that should be the church. Amen? Well, how do we do this? We do this by witnessing. And, and, and that's another thing I will say that uh, I've been so impressed with, with the desire to witness here at this church. Pastor Oscar asked me right away, will you come and man a day for the Lucas County Fair? 
as we tell people about Jesus. You know, we put up the tent, three things God can do. People walk by. If they want to know, we tell them. We look for an opportunity. Some people receive Christ that whole week. Amen. So how do we do this? We do this by witnessing. In Matthew 5, uh, verse 16, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In closing, I'd like to say this. And I hope that I have not rushed any of this. I hope this is a time that you have gotten to see my heart. The Lord wants you and our church to grow. We are called to be His witness. A witness is somebody who gives testimony after seeing and hearing or experiencing something. Then Jesus wants us, He wants us to let our light shine so that others may see. And remember, it's not what's on the outside. It's, on the in, it's, it's what's on the inside that counts. A lot of these things that we mentioned, and, and even the Christian, and also to this folks that were looking to belong, there are people looking. There are people hurting. And the only thing is to fill that void is Jesus. One, we were created to worship. Amen. Also, two, is to go and tell. Time is short. I know this four and a half months has flown by here at Monclova since I've been here. Um, I told somebody earlier today that uh, my wife and I actually were able to, this past Saturday, plug in our TV, hook up our antenna, and sit on the couch for the first time. And just breathe and enjoy one another. And yes, I got a little bit of a football game. Oregon and I think Washington State it was. But it was just nice. And I, I thank you for your attentiveness here tonight. I thank you for the friendships that I've already been able to to have here at Monclova. I thank you for allowing me to feel welcome here at Monclova. And I thank you for the opportunity to serve and to be your worship pastor. And I thank... Pastor Rands, for allowing me to have this opportunity. Because without opportunity, how do we grow? Right? But there's a lot of people that love you, that will invest in you. And I encourage you, if, if you're looking, if you don't know this Lord that we talked about, if you're in that position in life, if you're struggling please find one of the pastoral staff here.
And if you're not wanting to do that, find a friend that you know exposes his fruit. That you know that that man or that woman walks with Jesus. And talk to him about the Lord. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, Father, we love you. We 